What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. And today I am in North Jersey. I am with Mr. Nicholas Curatalo. Did I say that correctly? You did, you did. Cura, see, I heard you say it, so I had the cheat you code. You had a cheat code, that's um, true. Of Area Logistics. You are the executive vice president here. President here. You guys are in the big and bulky space, uh, moving appliances, furniture, all that good stuff that people order offline. All the ugly stuff. All the, all the, <laughs> all the big and bulky ugly stuff, right? Yeah, that's what you yeah. guys specialize in. Very interesting niche. I'm excited about learning more today. Um, before we kind of get started, man, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell, tell the Hustle fam a little bit about yourself real quick. Sure. So uh, Nicholas Curatalo. I've been in logistics since 2007. I've been in sales since really, uh, shoot, I guess like 1994. Um, you know, so I'm aging myself a little bit, but uh, started out doing sneaker sales and then got into the, the mortgage sales ranks and then started in logistics in 2007 at DHL. Spent about a decade there, grew up in that, and have held various positions since then in the e-commerce fulfillment and international uh, logistics space. And now I'm here doing the big and bulky, more uh, domestic moves, more moving for partners like the Bob's Furnitures of the World, uh, Best Buy, etc., and we do, you know, furniture, appliances, and, and things of that nature. I run the uh, commercial, the operations, and, and the finance of, of the company. Uh, so pretty much all aspects. And uh, really our goal is to, to grow, uh, but really with partners that are offering exceptional customer experience. And we look to deliver that on behalf of them. Okay, got it. All right, cool. So you work for DHL. Um, how'd you get into logistics? What made you work for DHL? It's, it's kind of by accident. Um, as we were talking and rapping before, I, I really wanted to get into once my baseball dreams were over and I couldn't, <laughs> my body couldn't really uh, respond to what I wanted to do. Uh, I decided I wanted to get into like sports talk radio or communications, and I went to school for marketing and communications, and I had a shot at WFAN, but it didn't it didn't work out, and I didn't want to sit around and wait and uh, try and I guess follow the dream. I guess I, not that I gave up on the dream. I was like, ah, oh, you know, let me go get a job, and then I'll try and do it later on and uh i went to a job fair and dhl adp and ups were the the contenders and i ended up at dhl and i just never looked back i kind of just fell in love with it got it got it give me some background on uh area logistics talk about the company what attracted you to them so funny story i was actually working at load smart and one of my employees rebecca colmer she was like hey there's this there's this uh, woman who owns a logistics company and she kind of markets like you. Um, she's obviously a little louder and, uh, <laughs> and kind of more charismatic than me and better looking. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think you guys would be a good vibe and she might be a good partner for us. You should go meet her. So I went to uh, Home Delivery World and uh, 
actually a funny story. I was walking around and this other guy, Larry Zogby, was like, hey, after talking to me, he's like, you got to meet this woman. She's like a, a, a female version of you. You got to talk to her. So I was like, all right, you know, I was going to meet her anyway, but yeah, sure. So we ended up going over. I ended up talking with her for like two hours, stuck around at her booth, met the other folks that she was working, you know, was working with the company. And uh, we just kind of kept in touch. And then finally we, we uh, planned a, like a follow-up. She's like, why don't you just come work for me, man? You know, mm. like we'd be a good team. Let's, let's like conquer things together. And the rest was history. So I've been here since, uh, you know, since June, basically. Got it. Wait, wait, this was June of when? This year? This year, yeah. Got it. Larry Zogby, he's a friend of the show. Yep. Um, yes, for he sure. Is. He's been on Truck and Hustle before. Shouts to Larry. All right, cool. So um, you get started with Area this year. Yep. Uh, tell me about what you see when you get in this, this uh, establishment, and what are you looking to fix or change or talk about that? I think, you know, a lot of startups um, think that they have it all figured out. Um, but I think when I've worked in startups and at larger companies, so I think I'm actually really impressed with what has been done without certain things that are that, you know, I'm just used to being put in place. So it's really putting in some of those processes and different things that you would normally, you know, expect somewhere else. Right. Um, so we I think we've gotten to that point already in such a short time. And I'll, I give her less credit. She's kind of let me. Hey, you think you need to do it? Just do it. You don't need to. You need to ask me. It's going to make us money. You know, it's going to improve process. It's going to be better for employees. It's going to be, you know, something that our customers are going to, you know, get a better experience with. Just do it. Yeah. Um, and that's been kind of a really uh, humbling feeling because being in other places, especially bigger organizations, that could take months, potentially even, you know, half a year, year, depending on what you're trying to implement. So being able to actually just be like, you know what, this is what I believe we should do and let's just do it. It's a it's a change for me in a in a good way, uh, and it's really felt and kind of empowering. You know, I'd be able to apply my experience and make a change quick uh, in terms of the way we do things, or process, or the way we operate, or you know, changing the way we do billing or whatever it is. Right? Like, right. You know, I remember the first bottleneck I ran into in my career was billing. I was a DHL, and it was just a nightmare. And my boss was like, well, go to Houston. That's where our billing department is. Go sit with them. Mm. Go understand it. Right. Uh, so I did the same things here where I literally did made no changes for the f- really almost um, 100 days. And I just analyzed each what each department was doing, how we were doing it, what's the impact of the customer, what's the impact of the employee, and then started making changes. Got it. Got it. Okay. So tell us about your business model. Um, you guys do home delivery. Just talk about the area logistics business model, um, how things kind of started, and, and what's what's the model now? So how it started was she was just a single contractor, um, built it up, got her own you know trucks, had a few folks working for her, and then built that up. Model now is pretty much the same, but just scaled uh, and doing you know last mile delivery for some of these big retailers and really being that customer experience arm of their company, right? Like we're the face to their customers. So the experience we deliver is the impact of how they're going to rate that delivery. Are they going to do business with that customer again? And that's a vital part of of what we do. The second piece is, I guess we would be considered the problem solvers uh, in, in this industry, whereas a market that's really tough or, you know, situations that are tougher, we're, we'll go in and embrace it and, and help rescue. And that's kind of how we've gotten in the door with most of the bigger retailers. And as you know, I'm sure, you know, you've been in business a long time. When you help solve a problem, you tend to stick. Yeah. So yeah. we have, we haven't really had, you know, any situations where, at least from what I've seen in the history and historicals, where we're not with 
doing business with a customer after we've done that. Gotcha. It's really and, been very, they've been very loyal. And, and who are your customers? So like Bob's Discount Furniture, uh, Best Buy, Ikea, uh, Regency, to name a few. Got you. So yeah. just like mostly furniture delivery? Yep. Furniture, appliances, big and bulky stuff. Okay. And we work on some Amazon stuff as well. Got it. What do you do with Amazon? So basically same thing. Same thing. Big and bulky. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when you get into this space, how do you acquire customers? Like somebody who's interested in, in to getting into this type of business, how, how does that work? Like acquiring customers? I know you're always looking for new customers. What does that look like? So, I mean, attending trade shows, um, you know, LinkedIn, a lot of folks reach out to us via LinkedIn just because of the content that we post on Aria and even Aurelis is in mind personally now since I've been here. Um, honestly, it's a very small industry, so word of mouth. Uh, we were actually sitting with a customer last week and had a dinner and they told us, oh, well, if they can handle Bob's, well, then why can't they handle us? And then they reached out. Right. Um, so that, that, to be honest, it, we really haven't been spending a lot on marketing per se because usually they're coming to us with the opportunity because they've heard our name in the industry and we we do have a good name when it comes to delivery okay okay got it so you said um for the most part furniture delivery how many trucks are you guys running now so i mean on any given day you're looking you know 100 plus 100 plus okay got it do you are you doing um like independent contractors or are these guys working for you directly it's it's a mixture of both we have assets and then we also have other contractors that work for us so it's it's a mixed model okay it's a hybrid model i mean the the advantage i guess that we have that some of our competitors don't is is probably because we have asset we are asset based oh okay got it rescue a market got it is that how the business started with with assets yeah okay got it all right so um as you start to kind of, you know, you're kind of trying to get into the mix and into the fold of things, um, what's operationally, what's like most important when you're running this type of business? I mean, to me, it's the, it's really the basics. Um, be, you know, dress properly, uh, be polite, be professional. I mean, that's, that's really the keys. Okay. Got so, it. And this, so was the dri- polish, this was the drivers. Yeah, yeah. Polished, professional, polite, you know, three P's. Okay. How do you find drivers? I mean, we recruit, we have multiple folks that, you know, are on our, you know, HR team that are recruiting constantly. There's, if we're going into a new market, we'll go and, you know, re- recruit in that market. I can't give up too much of that because that <laughs> is kind of our secret sauce. We are better at, at recruiting from what I understand, okay. at least from what I've seen. Um, but I mean, we also aren't cheap. We, we do pay our guys very well. We're not, you know, we're not greedy when it comes to that. Okay. So making sure you have the right pay. Um, yeah. You do your recruiting. Um, what are the important KPIs for you guys? I mean, you have to, I mean, you, you definitely want to be obviously providing the right service. You want to be making sure the customer is comfortable, you know, before you walk into the home. So being polite, as I said, and courteous, uh, you want to make sure that you're not damaging anything. I mean, these are big and bulky items that are going in. So obviously doing that proper walkthrough, making sure, hey, I can, I got to go this angle or can I do this, you know. You got to make sure you survey where you're delivering. And then obviously, you know, doing it with a smile, right? And getting that survey, really understanding the voice of the customer. Because so, just perception is reality, right? Yeah. If I think I did a great job, but you don't think I did, well, what happens? Right, so, right, I mean, for I sure. If you get that enough, you're not going to be not going to be in this industry very well. What are some of the challenges in this industry? I think, honestly, you know, it is big and bulky, and there are going to be damages that go through. I think some customers... You know, we try to tell folks to, to go in, do a run through with a video. Everybody's got a phone these days, right? Some <laughs> customers are like, no, no, no. You know, I don't want my place filmed. I don't want, you know. So it's hard because then they 
you know, so you got to take pictures at least, you know, do whatever you can do, do your due diligence, but that is a challenge. So claims are always a challenge. And I think, um, you know, keeping it's, it's tough out there. I mean, you know, especially bad weather, different things of that nature, um, you know, keeping, keeping these guys motivated and, and making sure that they're going to be showing up every day, right? That's a challenge. Got it. And then operationally, what do you guys have, like a central dispatch? or we have, Yeah, we have central dispatch. Um, we also have managers that can dispatch if needed. Uh, some of the folks require, you know, on-site dispatching as well. So we'll have support for them off-site. But a lot of the dispatching happens on, on-site. Okay. And what does, like, a typical day look like for you guys? <laughs> I don't think typical is in the, <laughs> in the uh, vocabulary. Right. Um, but, no, I mean, typical day is hopefully, you know, everybody gets on. The managers get on site on time. Usually, you know, my WhatsApp is ringing at about 5 a.m., five, you know, between 5 and 6. Everybody's... When you say the managers get on site, what do you mean by that? So they have to go, whether it's our facility or the customer's facility, they got to get there. Open so you, have a, you guys have a warehouse? We have our own facilities. Uh, we have three, one in Edison, one in Indy, one in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, we're expanding, actually. So okay. we'll have more coming. So you, so you have a warehouse space where this furniture is being held? Yep. Right? Okay. So it comes in for some customers. It'll come in. We'll divvy up the routes and, you know, stage everything. And then the driver's got to load. They come in and they, they load, usually like 5.30, 6 in the morning, depending on the market. Um, and then they'll go out for the day. Okay. So so you guys are responsible for managing the warehouse as well? Correct. All right. So so basically, so how, do, how does that work? So the let's say, let's, let's say a customer like, a, you name one, Bob's, yep. right? So Bob's is getting an order from... Mm-hmm online or whatever the case would be or in the store and then bob's distribution center sends it to you guys or how does so how it do, depends how does the there's some of- there's certain models and there they have multiple models so in the their model it could be at their facility or at their from their store okay uh or they can have you manage a facility so you or so the person orders it, it the stuff is at their store mm-hmm. and then you guys go pick up from there that could happen or, or it could be from the distribution center mm-hmm. or they can send you know via ltl or ftl to our facility and then we distribute okay and the reason why they would send it to you is because they just don't have maybe they're not in that market or like you know they just don't want to it just makes more sense for them to outsource it and that's in that space okay all right so they send it to you guys and then you have your drivers then go ahead and deliver it correct uh, do you have anybody any other companies picking up from your warehouse or is it only you guys um it's usually just us yeah, we don't really at this moment. That's not part of the model, but I mean, you never know. Could, that could be a part change. of it because we do do because now in Edison we are doing fulfillment. So okay, there is a potential chance that we may now be given off to a competitor. But honestly, it doesn't matter because <laughs> we're making money on the store. Right, you still make money on the stores yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the business model is the person orders, they you it goes to one of your warehouses. You guys get paid for storing it, however long that is. But it's yeah. usually not a long storage, right? Usually with these items, you don't see more than two weeks, if, if that. Got it. But there's a, a lot of, like, we do pallet in, pallet out as okay. well. So that sometimes it could be like, hey, we're just going to store this in this market for now because it's just easier. Yeah, I was going to say, why would it store for two weeks? That's that's a long time. So uh, that's just for hold, to hold stuff? you got to remember, you got to set up the delivery, right? Okay. So How does that cost, work? So furniture deliveries are not the easiest to set up. I'm, I'm sure if you've had it, most, everybody wants what? The weekend. Yeah, right? true. Now it's a little different now that people work from home. Right. But prior to COVID, it was probably a little more difficult, I would imagine. 
uh, unless you're retired or just get you gotta take the day. I mean, me, I remember having to take the day off. Yeah, they don't give you the window. They give you like, hey, your window's from eight to three, and it's like eight to three. What the heck? I can't even leave the house. Right, like, right, right. What, right, what right, are you right. doing? Right. Yeah, I hate that. Now, now we you know try to give like a two hour window, which is a lot more manageable. Okay. And then there's even we have technology where you can even like track where your delivery driver is for that day. So like, hey, I can, oh man, he's 20 minutes away. He just got to that delivery. Okay, I could run out and get a coffee. Or I could go get lunch or, you know, I could do, I could take a nap, whatever, right? Like, you used to not be able to do that. You used to be like on guard, looking out your window. Right. You know, you don't know when coming? the driver's yeah. coming. And yeah, if he so. comes and you're not there, he's he's got it there. He's not, he's skating off. Yep. They don't wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, on our, honestly, though, our guys are pretty good, I would say, because the way we, we set it up, we don't overload them. Um, we don't usually have too many missed routes. Uh, so I, I honestly could say that from being in the operation now and really observing it, that they're not, you know, and even if we, hey, customer called, go back, they'll go back. Yeah. So How many deliveries are you guys doing a day? <sighs> Depends on the day. I mean. You said you have a hundred, you could have a hundred trucks yeah, it could be there. over, over a thousand in a given day. So a hundred trucks could be doing like 10, like 10 deliveries a piece. On, on average, yeah. Eight to 10, on an average eight, eight day. to 12-ish, depending, yeah. Got it. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. We try, from a dispatching standpoint, we try to make sure we limit the mileage as much as we can, but certain. How, how many guys on a truck? Two, if there's heavier stuff, there could be a third man. Okay. And, I, and that's kind of typical in this space. Okay. Got it. There's never, I mean, I haven't seen four, but I mean, I imagine with other specialty stuff, and because we do white glove as well. So, you know, if there's something that's really, you know, serious, they, they're expensive, like we'll, we'll add that whatever we need to do. Yeah. Even if it's not in our current model. Is there a difference between um, the, the pay you guys get for white glove or just a regular basic delivery? Oh, absolutely. Because white glove is going to be usually higher, higher value. Okay. It's going to be set up, right? So if you, you order a refrigerator and you want it set up properly, not just dropped and put in a spot or washer and dryer or whatever it is. If there's plumbing involved, electric involved, there's obviously that's considered white glove. Got you, got you. And you talked about claims. How often do you guys get claims? I mean, I would say we're we're in the single digits on that, okay. which is pretty good. Is that one like the your metrics that you're always trying to That's, track? I mean, is that the main I'm, thing? I'm tracking it. P and L's mine, so absolutely. Um, you know, anything that's costing us money and not making us money, I'm looking at. Right. Um, but honestly, it's really ways to reduce that because obviously that affects everything. Right. The more claims there are, the more upset the customer is, the more upset our client is, and it's just not a good experience, right? And then, obviously, the driver, you know, everything's impacted. Everybody's impacted by that. So the, if we can really reduce that, uh, at least from our side, right, because there are some claims that we cannot yeah. control, and that's if it comes damaged. But the key is that loadout to identify those things. Okay. So this way you're not bringing a damaged item to the home. Right. What, what, and what technology do you guys have on the truck? So it really depends because it depends on the client. So it's, we don't, we don't technically, it's each client is different. Okay. And that's actually, that was the challenge to me because in every other aspect of logistics that I worked in, the provider owned the technology. Mm. So we do use LM Pro, which can bring everything What's in What's called LM Pro? LM Pro. Yeah. LM Pro. Okay. Yeah. So they can bring everything, everything in for us, but... Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's, I think that's actually been my biggest challenge converting into the big and bulky glass mile is the customers want to own the data and then they give you the data out. Whereas I was always 
notifying our on time and the KPIs and everything, we were measuring it. Mm. So especially at DHL and logistics at different places that was at, that we were measuring that stuff. The customer relied on us for that information. Gotcha. In this industry, it's like, nope, they own it. They want to, they know before we know. Mm. I mean, we know as well because we're tracking it, but I'm saying they know just in the same, it's, it's kind of interesting. Gotcha. So, so it's not like you're going into a QBR and it's a surprise, you know. What's a QBR? Like a quarterly business review. Okay, gotcha. So like normally QBR. if I yeah, gotcha. if I went into a QBR DHL, I'd be presenting that data to the client as opposed right. to as something to like pitch the business. And, yeah. Hey, you know, we're doing great. We're at ninety seven percent. Right. You know? But nope. they already know. They're like, yeah, hey, yeah. you guys are at ninety seven. Yeah, you, you guys do are good. better. Yeah, yeah. Come on, can <laughs> you, we get, you to get to ninety eight, ninety nine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, I think the key in this business, especially, you know, if you're under 100 million in any business, but the key in, in business is really to look for the right partners. I don't like to use the word customer. Mm. I think the partner's customer, that's a different story. Like that's their customer and that's our customer as well. But right. you want to work with partners because you can plan together. You can strategize. You can talk about the future. You can make investment. You can work out what technologies are going to work together best, how you you know, deliver best practices, how you train the teams. You know, when you have a partner working with you that way, you can scale and grow better as opposed to guessing if they're going to leave for a penny or two, right? right? You don't want that. Um, and that's, to me, I think that's the key to, to any business is look for partners. Don't, don't, go to, don't work with people that are just going to drop you because you're five cents more, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that, makes, a, that makes a lot and of I, sense. And I think it's so important, more important than this. I've learned... In this industry, it's even more important. Got it. Got it. In terms of uh, the way you guys are positioning yourself throughout the country, you said you have three warehouses. Three warehouses, yeah. Why, why are they located where they're at? Um, trouble spots for clients. Uh, you know, Edison, just because we're local, it's New Jersey. That's where the business originated. ND and St. Louis were trouble spots for some clients, uh, multiple clients, not even one. Uh, and we've been able to, to really do a good job in those markets, which are you know, relatively tough markets to operate in. Mm. So there was a need there. Yep. Was it a certain customer that was like the catalyst for it where they said, hey, we can use someone in India and then you guys kind of set up based on that need? Yes. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. Cool. Um, interesting. All right. So the, um, the in terms of P&L, when you guys are looking at your financials, because that's what you take care of. Yeah. What are the things that you're looking at on, on your on your sheet? I mean, on items. <laughs> what am I not looking at? <laughs> um, I mean, really, you're just looking for any where there's waste and spend. Right. And where, where we can spend better to, to enhance not only just our partners, but our our people. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, what, are we giving them the best tools they they have to succeed or are they, uh, you know, do, do they have everything that they need? Right. Um, and are we spending money in the right places? Are we investing in, in the right markets? Are we, you know, looking at, do we have enough technology to, I mean, you know, logistics. I mean, we're still kind of stuck in, you know, 20, 30 years behind. Oh, for and sure. And in, in a lot of, yeah. And I think last mile is very much uh, still behind in technology. So our focus really for 2024 is to be a difference maker and kind of automate as much as we can uh, to enable uh, our partners to be better. Uh, to expect more from us and for us to really step our game up in, in service. Got it. What does that mean when you say automate? How, how do you automate? So creating dashboards where, you know, you can see everything. The whole, you know. Everything's transparent. Everything's transparent. Transparency 
is is key. If you're not transparent with with your partners and their customers, you're probably going to lose. Is is that like is, is that not how the business is now? Like not saying your business, but just the industry in general. I think just in general, business is not as transparent, even with all this technology as it can be. Right. And I think that the companies that become more transparent will ascend. I think we're looking at a great consolidation in the logistics space, and we've already saw it with seeing what happened with Convoy, you see what's going on with some other mm-hmm. companies. Uh, I, I see that happening more. And I think the companies that are spending way too much on frivolous things are uh, probably going to find themselves in a real bad shape in 2024. How, how has that impacted you you guys, though? Because there is a lot. The, the industry is very tumult, tumultuous, is that how you say? Yep, tumultuous yep. and volatile right now. Um, how has that impacted you? And what part of that has impacted your your space? I mean, for me, I see it as opportunity. Uh, I think we're in a good spot. Financially, we're in a good spot. Uh, we're ready to invest. We're ready to look at, you know, even acquisition by, uh, you know, acquiring other companies that are in duress. So if you're listening to this and <laughs> you're in last mile, you could reach out. Right. Um, what, but, what type of companies are you looking for, for people in the, uh, in the big and bulky space? Or are you looking for bulk- other types of last mile? I think in the big and bulky space is where we'd rather stay. But I think we keep an open mind if somebody's got you know, assets, you know, namely warehouses and some of the spots that we're looking at that we would, we would potentially look at. But I think it really would be delivery companies that maybe they're, they're getting it right, but they just don't have enough runway or maybe they just need help or maybe shoot, they're just tired. Gotcha. Uh, maybe they, they just want to get out. They're worried about what's going to happen. Uh, me, frankly, I mean, worried. Sure. I mean, listen, this is definitely going to be a, you know, a rough next six to 18 months for anybody in any business. I mean, if you're looking at the historical data, that's what it says, right? Um, I hope I'm wrong, uh, <laughs> but but I don't, I don't see that to be the case. But I, I think that this particular industry will not be as impacted because people still got to move. They still got to buy furniture. They still got to keep their food cold. I mean, if they can afford it, I guess. Right, right, uh, right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I hate to laugh about it, but it's just it's, it's part of the nature. Um, yeah. So, you know, to me, I think it's, it's opportunity. To, I always think that the best, the, the biggest empires have always been built in a downtime. I agree. So if you, if scared money don't make money, right? Mm. I mean, you're, we're both Brooklyn boys, I like right? That. I yeah. like that. Scared yeah, money don't make money. So if you're, if you're being uh, conservative, that's smart. But if you're looking at opportunities, that's even smarter. Right. Yeah. Looking at ways to expand and grow without having to spend as much uh, or consolidating, which is what's happening, um, even better. So what are those opportunities that you guys are looking at? I mean, like I said, acquisition, potentially. Have you guys uh, done, any, done any acquisitions yet? Um, not not particularly, uh, I, but I, I don't see that being. I mean, we had Pitt, Ohio invest uh, 30% into the company last year. That, that okay. was official. So That's big. they're a 30% owner and they... You know, they, that's a nice sure, partner to have. That's a very nice partner to have. <laughs> I think I think what they do is kind of economy proof to an extent. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure that. But what was the reason for that? To explain why you guys um, had that so, acquisition or let them invest in the company. So what I from why this happened right before I came right, on. So from what you know, from what I understand, uh, you know, they were really attracted to probably the same way that I kind of was looking at Arellis is like this this you know really bad badass right like she she really is built a lot um and she's you know she's woman owned and she's minority owned and you know i mean she's really you know bootstrapped this thing right so i think that that was attractive to them 
um, and she's a sale, you know, natural sales and sales marketing person. type person, right? So yeah. it doesn't hurt. Um, so, you know, to me, it's funny because I, I, I have kind of a similar reputation, but I, I haven't, um, I don't know. I mean, it's different. I didn't, I haven't started my own because I tried, right. <laughs> I tried starting my own stuff, but I, it didn't, it didn't take off. Uh, it was right before the pandemic. We could talk about that <laughs> later on, um, sore subject, but no, I mean, listen, you live and you learn. Um, but I think the reason is, is that she has been an ascending star and I think they saw somebody that, Hey, we need to, we need to diversify our portfolio and last mile logistics, not something they're in. And there's a lot of synergies that go between, you know, LTL and last mile. Um, so a lot of her customers, I, I can see Pitt, Ohio doing, you know, business with, I think that's what they were probably thinking. Got it. Got it. Okay. And we're starting to do that now. We're starting to do a lot of cross selling and, and things. Okay. Of that nature. Uh, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. All right. So, um, looking to acquire some other last mile business. Are you guys interested in any of the verticals of transportation? Um, I saw you guys have some, some, some big trucks. Yeah. Right? What's yeah. Going so on we do, that? we do some, we do some full truck work as well. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, just moving for different vans, companies that meet. Dry vans? Dry vans, uh, you know, 53s, 26s. Uh, you know, shoot, if somebody's got flatbeds, we'll go buy them. I have, we don't have them, but refrigerated, you know, whatever. Um, when did you When did you guys start expanding into that? Into that I, uh, I believe about truckload. Th- two or three years ago, that was kind of the, you know, start of that. Okay. Uh, we haven't, like, crazily expanded that, but I think the demand may end up pushing some of that, you know, depending, but you know, if there's trucks available, then we'll go, we'll go get them. Right. Does I mean, that, does that help in the, uh, in the last mile space at all? Is that kind of like just a different business? It's totally different. Totally yeah, different. Cause where you guys getting work for, for the, for the full truckload stuff, you, any dedicated stuff or like, we have some, board? we have some dedicated, but they're like smaller companies, nothing that, you know, the average person would know. Gotcha. Um, but it's all dedicated. Okay. Okay. So some dedicated contracts. So that yeah. so they keep they keep them running. Keeping them running. How every many day. how many um, big trucks you got? I Seven. believe I believe currently I think there's about eight. Okay. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Smaller part of the business. Yeah, it's a lot smaller part of the business. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So as you guys look to expand, you said you're moving into some different. Obviously, you've already moved into some different parts of the country. Yeah. Um, any other areas you're looking to move into? Probably uh, more in the Midwest. I think our goal is to kind of dominate the Midwest, be in every you know city in the Midwest. Uh, Southern California, we're in, and we're expanding with EV vehicles, so that's important, especially in California. And we'll look to do so in in each market as it dictates. And then I think naturally you just go where the population is, right? Southeast, and then Texas. Gotcha. That would be if I roadmapped it out. It really probably be Southeast first, then Texas. You know, Midwest is already happening. Uh, southeast, we're in the process, and then Texas and the rest of California. Got it. How, how's this industry doing overall? Is it thriving? Is it uh, like with everything going on? Is it like kind of, you know, just sustaining itself? Like I think it's barely sus- getting by. Like what's I, going on? I think it's sustaining. And honestly, if, if you're asking me, I think if you can keep your revenue, or even if you're at a ten percent loss from 2024 to 2023, I would actually think that you're doing okay considering what's on the on the menu right um if you're growing then you're in like probably the top one percent uh are you guys ho- hopefully growing? yeah I, I would say i from projection standpoint right now I, i'd see us growing in 2024 yep uh at least from a revenue and ebitda standpoint um you know i'll knock on wood <laughs> i don't want to jinx it yeah uh projections are only 
projections, right? For sure. You don't know what the, the climate is. And the thing that we're kind of hold, you know, our, our, we're kind of held to what, what orders are coming in, right? We don't actually control it. Even if we have the customers, if they're not getting orders, well, that could stunt our growth. So even if we have 20 customers, but if their orders are down 30% year over year, where our business is going to be yeah. down, right? Yeah. So it's hard to say, but from the projections, even if, you know, from a conservative standpoint, I, I would see that being, you know, growth next year for sure. Got it. I was talking to, uh, what was his name? Rob, uh, Diacon Logistics, what was his name? What's Rob's last name? I forgot, but he's I, the, I he's the president that. of NHDA, and he yep. was saying basically how the, the margins are extremely slim in this business. They are. Right? So in order to, to grow, like, what are the things you have to look at in order to make money because of the margins are so slim? I mean, you need to make sure you have really good insurance policies because when those claims come, you don't want to get hit because yep. that's where you can really, you know, do that. You need to make sure you have good, good fuel partners, uh, and you need to make sure you're spending your money wisely in, in every other aspect, marketing. You know the teams you hired, people that work for you, etc. Got it. Davis, Rob Davis. Rob Davis. Yeah. Icon Logistics. Yep. Yeah, he was talking about that. You know, margins could be as low as like sometimes four percent. Yeah. You know, it's just just a very tight business. It, it can be, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, that's why it's important to have partners. For sure. Because the partners understand that you have to operate at a certain margin in order to keep scaling with them. And if you're if you're dealing with folks that are just looking to rate, you know, lowest rate, you're not going to be able to scale your business. Is it what? What's do you prefer working with the um, with the uh, contractors or with your employees, or is, is there a difference? There's not really much different. I think it's just a preference of whatever the just a preference, and it also allows you to scale a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, the contractors allow allow you to scale probably faster. Um, w two though, there's advantage, and certain customers require it. Got you. Got you, got you, got you. So there's some places where you won't even be able to get in if you don't have your own employees. Correct, or your own assets. Got you. Did, do you know how the business started? Was it initially contractors or was it employees? Uh, that sure. is a good question. I, I believe I would have to say it's contractors because she was a contractor. So that would. Oh, make she was yeah, a contractor yeah, at first. Yeah, yeah. She was out on the truck. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Of here. Okay. Yeah, man. She was delivering furniture and big and bulky. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. She got those <laughs> muscles, you know. It's not all. It's not all. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, Barbie yeah. doll. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, nah, that's yeah. that's that's real deal stuff right there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So what what are the um, you said claims are one of the the big problems in this industry? Um, what are some other challenges? You know, it's it's tough to say because like that's really the biggest thing I've it's seen claims. is claims. I, I think otherwise, it's it's really just. It's a grind, man. It's a it's it's a hustle, right? You know, it's it's getting on that truck and hustling, right? No pun intended. <laughs> do shameless plugs for you yeah, guys, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I think claims to me is is the biggest thing I see in terms of of all the other logistics industries. This is probably the the biggest challenge. Got you, got you, got you. What about in terms of like, um, do you guys have to train your drivers like safety? Oh, absolutely. What type of compliance do you guys have to? Are you guys up against like talk? talk you got to be DOT that. compliant. Yeah. You have to, you know, train these guys. They have to shoot. We do role plays, you know, at role these stand ups. Yeah, we're to practice courtesy and professionalism, right? Really? So, yeah. Okay. So what, where do you guys do that in the office? We do it right out or, or the, at the, the, at the right warehouse, out, right out the loadout. Okay. Yeah, we just got some some of the places we even got like a mock door. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. And you just like knock on the door and you, and you act like you, you make a delivery. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you guys do or is that something that's like an industry standard? I think it's, I, I mean, I would hope it's industry standard, but I know we've been doing it since I've been here. Got you. We, you know, so we do, you know, we'll do, I'll drop into some of these places. The guys will know I'm coming and, you know, I'm like, all right, let's do a role play, you know? Okay. You got to listen, you got to put your own people on the spot. I mean, they, you know, this is their job, right? It's the key to the best experience, right? So yeah, you yeah. got to role play every now and again. I mean, I did it with sales all the time. That's just, no, that's a fact. It makes, I never really thought about that, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, how is driver retention? Is I mean, it hard to get drivers? It's hard to get them, but I think once you get them, we've done a good job of keeping them. And I think that's the difference that we kind of have in the market is mm-hmm. that most of our guys have been with us four, five, six, seven years. Gotcha. Whereas other places, it's like a merry-go-round. Got you. Is workers' comp a big issue for you guys? I know guys can get hurt doing this job as well. Yeah, I mean, that's where the contractor uh, yeah. thing is better because then they have the, have their own stuff. But yeah. Yeah, even with the W-2, they, people get hurt. But our injuries have actually been pretty low. So gotcha. that's one thing that, again, I How are you, What are you doing to keep them low to safety, minimize them? Is safety. there anything that you get in front of to make that happen? We just constantly, every morning, drill into them exactly what they need to do. Like team lift yep. and all yep. that kind of good yep. stuff. Yeah. Making sure they're doing the right thing. Make sure they have the right apparatuses. They have different things. They know how to lift. You go over that every morning. It's like yeah. you, you almost like have to, not, I wouldn't call it brainwashing, but you got to just reinforce it, right? You keep hearing it. It's like that when you're in school, right? Your teacher would say something three times, right? right. So if you do that in the morning, hey, you know, make sure you bend down the lift this way. Make sure you're doing this. Make sure you're wearing the right shoes, you know? Like that's a big thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, get a lot of, you are on your feet all the time. You need to be wearing some comfortable insoles, right? Even if you're wearing the boots. <laughs> you know, get some Dr. Scholl's, something like that, you know? That's right. Are you guys uh, CDL or non-CDL? Uh, we do both. Both? Yeah. Okay. But for like Because we have like like some courier business too that we do. What's the courier business? So like, you know, just doing like inter office moves in Manhattan, things like that. Oh really? Yeah. When did you guys get into that stuff? That's been I think that's been since for the a while. Yeah. That's like a like a car. Yeah. Well it's usually like a like, like a, a van or something. Like a van. Like, like yeah, a little van. nondescript yeah. van. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's that's cool too. So is it like um like paper or what do you mean? Could be whatever, right? It could be office supplies, it could be office furniture, it could be just documents, it could be whatever. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So how do you so the bread and butter is the furniture stuff. Bread though. and butter is furniture, but there's better margin than some of the other stuff. So yeah. like that's why we're going into fulfillment because there's there's really good margin in that. Got and it. And you got to be diversified, especially like what what's coming. It, it, we, we're confident in what we're doing in big and bulky, but it would be, you know, foolish of us not to try and put our eggs in other baskets. Too. When, when you say fulfillment, what do you mean by that? Just so people could understand. So it. fulfilling orders, or at least like holding large, you know, pallets of orders that, you know, say there's overflow. Like we're we're in Raritan Center, which is in Edison. That's like a, a pretty centralized place in terms of being able to service all of New Jersey, the New York metro area, and even the Philadelphia metro area. Okay. So we're able to hit three of the larger populated areas in the Northeast by having our facility there. Oh, okay, got so it. So there's a lot of companies that space is a premium, especially in that geographical area as that we're in now. So that's a great place to be. So we can help them store overflow, or we can help them even fulfill orders if they need to. In a different, in a closer location. If somebody's just got fulfillment on the West Coast or Southeast or in the West or Midwest, we could help them. Got it. You know, setting up a spot here, we can even offer the delivery too. Got it. Do you guys lease your spaces? Do you own the, the warehousing? The warehouses? We 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 lease. Okay. But we have good we have good favorable long term leases now, so we're in a good spot. 
Got it. Got it. Got we it. do have some that we own, though. Okay. Like we do have some spots and even stuff that we don't use. We even sublet to others. Okay. So, yeah. You guys have a little empire growing we're, over we're here. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> for sure. All right. So um, what's the next steps? What's the next moves for you guys? What's on the horizon? I think, you know, really is to acquire, um, whether it's, you know, acquiring new partners or acquiring other businesses in this space that, you know, either in duress or just want to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's expanding into warehousing and expanding into other markets where the population is, you know, is growing. Gotcha. Which gotcha. I think we've seen the mass exodus out of California. We're seeing an, um, a mass exodus out of the Northeast to an extent. Yeah. And I think the population is going further south. It used to be go west, young man. Let's go south now, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> how, how do you keep your hands on the, po- <clears throat> the pulse of the industry? Like, what are you, what kind of, where are you, where are you reading? What are you getting your intel from to I, understand? Well, I listen to trucking up. No, well, of course. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I'm not running for office or anything. No. Um, of course you yeah. do. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think it's really, you know, LinkedIn's very powerful. I think LinkedIn is the a platform that's free and of all the platforms to really still do things on. And it's truly still organic, right? Mm. Uh, and I think most folks, like if you have 10,000 followers on LinkedIn, mm. what do you think that's equivalent on Instagram? In terms of value? Yeah. 10 million. Yep. And see, people don't get that because if you have 10,000 followers, mm-hmm. 90% of those followers are going to see what you put out. And they're decision makers. Yep. They actually can, like, if you go on Instagram, like, you know. You could have bought, like, 80% no, of those, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. And, and really, nobody on there is, I don't want to say nobody, but they're not there for business. People are on LinkedIn to do business. They're either there looking for work, or they're there looking for opportunities, or they're there looking to connect with people for business. Instagram is for play. Yep. And, you know, for fun and past time. But, yeah, LinkedIn is a spot, man. And, and it's funny because I, so... I used LinkedIn to get one of my big sales when I was at DHL. And they would, I was like, DHL was a curse word when I was selling <laughs> yeah. because we were going out of domestic and so many companies didn't want, like, oh man, I had these great rates. Now I can't use them. So I was selling in like the toughest time of it. And I remember, you know, we had like a handful of customers left after the dust settled. And I'm like, well, what do I do? You know, right. how can, and I'm like, oh, what's this LinkedIn? It That's like, the spot. It's man. like 2008, 2009. We're talking like. So how do you? All right. So hit hit. I want yep. some secret sauce, man. How sure. do you? How do you navigate LinkedIn in order to get sales? I think engagement. Um, Talk about it. So it used to be, you know, you could send a message and somebody would answer. Now, you kind of can't do that because you get like even myself. Now that I'm on the opposite end, I'm on the buying end for right, the first right, time. Right. Um, my inbox is flooded, right? right? So using the information on there is key. Like I had a guy from Oracle. I oh mean, I actually got to get his name because I got to shout him out. This is really good. And I'll show you. Okay. He sent me a baseball bat. So he must have did his research and understood that I love baseball. Mm. He sent me like a mini bat. Okay. And it was a Louisville Slugger, those mini ones, and it had the Oracle on it. Yeah, yeah. They wrote me a personalized note. Like I can't tell you how many. Pro- I've probably gotten like five personalized notes, period, right. over the last like five years. When it comes to business. Right. Like that's, and he used all the information. He probably saw me on LinkedIn, then Googled me, you know, whatever. He had to, because I mean, why would you send a baseball bat? For sure. He has to know I like baseball. And I don't put anything on LinkedIn that indicates that I like baseball. Right. So he definitely did his research. So I think that's, so using it as a tool like that to find your target. 
All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. You know, and then... Do what you gotta do. I mean, he even got the address to here. I mean, we just got here. Well, I mean, let me ask you: Did it work? It, I, Whatever well, he was trying to get, he did didn't he get sell it? me, but I, I will refer him. Let's okay. put it this way: We couldn't use what he was doing. Gotcha. And honestly, well, what next, he what he want what he, what was he trying to sell? I you? think he wanted to sell us like probably some CRM stuff. And this, okay. We're not big enough to, got to it. use like a system like that. Got it. Got but, it. Got it. But if anybody's looking for one, I'll introduce you because he's pretty good. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it goes back to that. It's really networking, right? And I think that's the key to what we were talking it's not what you know it's who you know right so a lot of folks are like oh i won't connect with someone if i don't know them why expand your network it's a virtual network you can connect with anyone in the globe that's right why do you oh well i don't know this person there in india well maybe they can connect me to the next opportunity to have you never know yeah. maybe i need some developers right or maybe i want to outsource my customer service or maybe I want to find somebody. I want to expand into. I want to go to big and bulky in other countries. Right. Well, if I know somebody in that area, I can always say, "Oh, wow, they're in my network, or they're one away." Hey, maybe there's a chance they know someone. Hey, so and so, do you know uh, Ramel, who's at you know Truck and Hustle? I want to get on the show. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. do you do that? Right. Yeah. It just doesn't happen by osmosis all the time, right? right? So it's really about who you know. So how I started using it initially versus how it is now is really transformed, um, but still has been the same. It's consistently building a network. And then really it's personalizing, right? If you're not offering help and you're not providing some sort of help and you're asking, I think that's the biggest problem. And I'm sure you get these messages. Oh yeah. Hey Nick, how you doing? Uh, uh, We have this great service and I think you should use it because we're the best ever. I don't give a crap. (laughs) Make it relatable to me. Like to me, it's about, Hey, I saw that you're a supply chain decision maker at, writer and i believe i could help you cut costs and improve service i'm probably going to answer that one right whereas hey it's all about me 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 make it about them yeah what problem do they have that you can solve and that's not just linkedin that's just period right that's the secret sauce and if you just apply that digitally so you can do it two ways you could dm them or you can start posting content, tagging. I mean, you can really get aggressive now. Oh, yeah. And start tagging the company that you want to do. You can reach out top to bottom, get connected with some folks so that when you do have content, it starts showing up. Because you don't have to be first or second connection for things to pop up in the feed. If you start trending and using the right hashtags, you're going to show up. Yeah. I'm actually guilty. I have not. I got to be honest. I went on like a little hiatus of like <laughs> posting. Right. But my following still. Still growing. Cr- growing. So I feel like. That's because you pop it, man. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It must be the bald thing. I don't know. Um, but and it's a shiny head. But no, I mean, honestly, I just I just am genuine. So I do try to help people. And yeah. even if it's not going to bring business to me, no matter where I go, I'm a people connector. Gotcha. And I think that's actually been why I've been successful. I think it's why. My LinkedIn, you know, has grown. I think that's why I'll continue to grow is because I want to help people genuinely, even right. if it doesn't benefit me. And it comes back around to you, right? Yeah. You know, hey, oh, Nick's in that spot. Oh, man, he helped me do this. You know what? Hey, next time I'm at a trade show, I'm going to look for a lead for him. Like, I do that for other people that help me. Hey, 
you know, like I have a friend of mine, uh, David Field. Shout out, Dave. Um, <laughs> he he's just a, he's the same way. He's a people connector. You know, so he works at Passport. If I run into somebody that needs their services, hey, Dave, I got, I'm not asking for, you know, hand back to me. It's like, hey, Dave, I got something for you. Yeah. And you just got to keep building a network like that. And then you don't have to work as hard. You work smarter because mm. you're going to constantly get what's better, a warm lead or a cold lead. Definitely a warm Intr- one. Hey, I know I'll somebody who can one. do this. Well, we're from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah. Give me I a got hot. a guy, right? It's always <laughs> I got a guy. And that used to be like a negative connotation for me. But honestly, I think it's the best thing ever. I, yeah. got, I do. I have a guy. If there's something that you need in logistics or in yeah. the business world, I probably know somebody who can help you. It's good and to I, be the guy who got a guy. Exactly. Man. You guy. know, it's a good feeling yeah. to be able to help people out like that. hundred percent. Do you use any like the like the paid stuff like sales navigator or anything like that? Or um, you just kind of like engage. I do. What was this like thirty dollars a month? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I even yeah. forget. It's on now. It's on uh, Apple. It's right? on. It's on auto pay. Yeah, it's on auto pay. I don't think. I, <laughs> I think it's like I don't even think I. I don't even think I, I've, I've expensed it. I think I've always spent it myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think at DHL I'm expensive. After that, I stopped expensing. You stopped expensing. Yeah, I just it. paid for it. Yeah, I think my favorite LinkedIn hack is what I do is if there's somebody who I want to get on their radar or a group of people who I get on their radar, you just comment on their yep. posts. Engagement. Because it just shows everybody else who is on that post that you commented and then right, you're just in that group. No, no other platform does that. You know what I mean? That's what makes LinkedIn very special. That's and then true. every single time another comment is added, you're added to that and you see it and then like you can continue that conversation and it's like a group of people who have commented and then you're like in that circle. And it's you easy, know what I mean? Yeah, it's easier it, to it, digest on LinkedIn. Like Facebook, you can do that, but you can't it, it gets like to be a cluster and you kinda can't find it. But it doesn't show you did it show you like on Facebook like such and such just commented on this No, post. it'll be like you'll log in later. It won't give you an alert. unless you can turn on the alerts maybe, but yeah. it'll be like you and six others have commented, but then you gotta like do more and like so at least with LinkedIn it brings you to yours and then you can choose to yeah scroll down which is a little more aesthetically pleasing yeah I love that because it's like I said you know like you know everybody else who's on the feed and you know who are who's seeing you and it gives you a chance to pounce if you need to like oh they just commented now let me jump on them you know what yeah. I mean so you could be very intentional about things I do that all the time like I just if there's a if there's a a, 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 a prolific person that posts. I make sure I jump on that post, even if I don't have anything to say. But I bet you, you've probably grown your followers since you've been doing that. I bet oh, your yeah, following's man. been going up like 110%. Easy. Oh, yeah. My following has grown crazy on LinkedIn. And I mean, we do a lot of stuff, too. So we always have a lot of, we have a large network. So we're always mentioning people and all that. And that obviously grows it as well, right? Um, but yeah, man, LinkedIn is super powerful. I always tell people to make sure they get on LinkedIn, for sure. It's, it's free. And yeah. it's and it's not rocket science. It's pretty, it's, it's the ABCs. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, how much you guys making over here? <laughs> I can't disclose that. <laughs> I mean, give me, give not me everybody a, has an NDA. Around, I mean, are you guys over twenty? Are you guys under fifty? Oh, we're we're over twenty. Okay, so you're probably around fifty. I, I cannot. I, I'm okay. at liberty to say. Uh, you're over 20. <laughs> over 20. That's, cool. That's cool. That's cool. I always got to ask. People like to know these. We're, we're over things, 20. We're, yeah, we're uh, over 20. You guys are over 20. So that means they're at like 100 quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he. Well, I just, he, got, I just he, got here. You know, he very confidently said we're over 20. Like, he didn't even think oh, about it. Geez. Right? If, he, he, if he'd have been like, you know, I think we're, we're like 20. Over twenty, that not to say it's like thirty or you know, but he was like, oh, we're over twenty. That means like 100, 150, 200, <laughs> three. 
That's true, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bite into your under fifty right, either. Right. Yeah, Eggs, yeah. You see, see that? You see that? You have to figure out ways to get the information you want. So you can, you can read, you can read between Let the lines. Let me read between yeah. the lines. Yeah. I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, I'm figure it out. But you, you guys are doing well. We're doing which is right. which is amazing, man. Yeah. It's it's great to see a, a business like this thrive and be able to grow, um, especially in a unique space. We always say that uh, you know the riches are in the niches, man. You know. It's true. Anybody getting into trucking, transportation, logistics, supply chain, if you could find a niche, carve yourself out a niche and be great at it, man, you have a, very, a better chance than, you know, doing what everybody else is doing. I, I agree with that. But I think actually the biggest thing is being obsessed with the customer. Mm. I think if you're obsessed Talk with about the, that. If you're obsessed, How do you be ex- obsessed with a customer? Put yourself in their shoes, right? You're a customer yourself. I mean, you've received deliveries. You just think about every aspect of that and you just obsess over what you can do and just keep repeating it and it's you know there was a quote and it was like folks get you know like pretty much it was along the lines of like you get satisfied with you know the routine of doing things but really the ones that that separate themselves are the ones that don't sleep until they get it perfect Mm. and even when they have it perfect they're still striving it you have to be able to take feedback if you think you know it all if you think you're the best guess what you're going to get your lunch eaten. I mean, yeah. look at look at UPS and FedEx, for instance, right? They, they have, like, UPS, for instance, I think is like 12, 12% down year over year on, you know, what their projections are for Q4. But look at all these other niche delivery regional companies that are out there. That's because they created that hole. UPS and FedEx got, got fell asleep at the wheel. Mm. Uh, where that, They just started charging people obscene amounts. Well, hey, if I'm in that industry, why wouldn't I try to go after them? Because... They're, they're taking 70, 80% margin. Right. For what? You know, there's no need for that. You're killing small businesses. Small, man, to, to send a, oh, an item like a phone cost you, if you go on UPS.com, what do you think this is going to cost you to ship today? Probably like 8 to $10, something like that. Is it more than that? More than that? It should cost $20? Probably 25 plus. Oh, wow. Why? That's crazy. That's not what it cost them. So they're putting all that in their pocket. Yeah. You know? So to me, it's just being obsessed with the experience, being able to offer a great service at a competitive price. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, when I you know, think about every step of anywhere I've been, it's just always been about being obsessed with the experience that you can provide. If you provide an experience, you have a partner. If you provide a service, you have a customer. Got it. So who is, when you think about it like that, because you have more than one customer. You do. Right? Especially what you, what you guys do, because I'm your customer. Yep. And then you also have Best Buy, Macy's, they're your customer. So when you think about that, who's your more more important? Who's Everybody's important. It's the whole but process. Who's more important? I mean, their customer obviously. Somebody has to take priority. They're they're the person who is getting the the end the, user. The end user is is the is the person that's the most important in the process. Got it. But obviously the, the partner is just as important. Got it. So you you have to work from the bottom down though. You got to work from the end customer up. Right. Because if you're providing the best experience there and that's going to show that's going to be listen we're in the we're in it used to be you know a bad experience happens somebody tells what 10 20 people yeah now, now the it's world. the world that's right that's right and then and then like you said so if you provide a good experience for the customer or their end user um it's no longer a matter of a, 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 a talk of price it's just value it's all it's right all like value. you don't gotta like you don't gotta go back and forth on you know, rates and all that. Cause like, yo, you provide value to my customers. So what do you need to do the job? 
Right. That's, that's how the, that's what the conversation becomes now. That's it. Right. And then really for your customer, their only problem is making sure that you take care of their customer and, and getting a fair price. If, if you don't hear anything, it's probably a good thing. If right. If you hear something, it's not good. Right. You know, and the key is, though, is also to get those folks to give the feedback when they do have it. Right. Because when they do have a great experience, we want to hear about that, too. Yeah. Right. Because we want to. Reward, it's hard to we do. We want to reward that. That's actually one of the KPIs that we're implementing, um, because Getting the more feedback. the more feedback we get, the better we can be. And that's good or bad. Right. right. So this way we can really we can grade teams. We can figure out who's doing what we can figure out if maybe there's a bad pair. Maybe there's one good driver, but maybe the helper is not good. Right? How do you get feedback? What are you using to do that? Got to you know, you got to use automated services. So we're gonna we're gonna work on that. We're, I'm looking into that now. That's, uh, you know, Relis actually going to Web Summit. There'll probably be some opportunities to find some different you know, feedback tools. Maybe we yep. can build one. Great. There you go. Use. They need a feedback tool. Can we put that in the? In the I mean, we have we have one through our provider, but I'm saying I really want to get it. I want to make it as easy as a click. And that's the problem. A lot of times, people don't get feedback because it takes too long. Yeah. Like it's like you don't want to take a survey. You don't want to do that. If if there was something like you said, as easy as just a boop 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 is done. Now it makes the the process a bit easier. And depending on the customer, we have it where they can do that, but it's not. Like I said, it's it's the opposite here that I'm used to, whereas you provide the system. So I would rather have it something that we yeah. can implement as well, even in addition, even if it's too, just because it is, the data can be manipulated no matter how you look at it, right? Yeah. So like if you have a system, it depends on how your system is too, right? I was actually, I think like, you know, if you have a rating system, one to five, five being the best, one being the lowest, someone gives it three. I mean... That's okay, but is that really being obsessive about? Right. They probably weren't obsessive about that experience, right? And you want to create like that cult-like, oh, man, we loved that group that came and delivered. I want to hear that yeah, as much yeah. as possible. They gave exceptional service. They went out of their way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Shoot. I mean, a good metric is probably the tips. It would be great to, you know, listen, there are going to be cash tips, so that's the problem. You can't figure that out. Right. But. I'm pretty sure the driver that's getting cash tips is coming with a bigger smile the next morning than the guy who's not getting any, right? That's right. So if you're able to monitor that and you're managing that and understanding and you have a happy team, they're probably doing pretty well. If their morale is down and, and the service isn't there, well, then it's time to, to make a change, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's reading that. It's reading that room. You know, I can't be in every location we have all the time. So mm -hmm. I rely on the team. So that's important. And we have a really good team. Yeah, uh, we have to me right now, I have the managers in every location that we have. I'm very happy with every single one of them. And I think that's the key part of it. Yeah, it's the people. It's you got not a, just you got a hundred million dollar team, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get it still. He's trying to get it. <laughs> trying to get that number. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, what? real quick, quick, real quick, too. So uh, this is another question I have. Yep. Like, how do you guys stand out from the other delivery drivers because well i guess i guess the, the customer knows because like if, if i get something from bob's i don't care if area delivers it i don't Correct. care if abc that's, i don't care and who that's delivers. just the way we want it doesn't really matter because that's, i i think it's bob's delivered it correct and that's the way we want it we right. are white gloving our delivery service that's right we we want it to be seamless and if that's the case and you think that and everything's good then great Right. But if Bob's is bad and they get those, that, that reflects on then, us too. Then they're, on the they're, they're dealing yeah. with you, mm -hmm. right? Now, let me ask you this question because I just got some furniture delivered the other day. From who? And uh, uh, Who was it? It was 
Ashley's. Okay, where where though? It was in Ashley's in, in Jersey, okay. South Jersey. We don't do those, by the way. Okay, all right. So this is good. You can answer this very very. Muhammad, you better listen to this. <laughs> you, can, you can answer this very um, um, non-biased. Yes. So basically, they they pulled up. Um, they pulled up. They made the they made the delivery. It was a couch. So I have a I had this very long couch, and I have like multiple levels in my house, right? But the one stairway it couldn't fit up. Wait, so do you got a hundred million? What's going on here? He's got mo- whoa, 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 what's going on over here? Yeah, yeah. Just relax. Hold on. So we got an elevator. Relax, what do they got? Relax, relax. I said I said it was a small stairway. I mean, it's still a small stairway, right? I'll just so so uh, you know they they they're trying to get the couch up there, but the couch was long. It was like a um, not a love seat. The Couch, couch. Yeah. So um, they couldn't get it, right? So basically, um, I was like, well, what do, I, what do I do? So they said that they could get somebody else to do it, but they got to charge me like an extra $175 to get like a guy to come around the back and they're going to put a rope on it and like bungee cord it up and like pull it over the back. And I'm like, Okay, that sounds cool, but you know, this is the only way it could get up there. By my, okay, it was either that or they could take the furniture apart. What was the? Well, I would have opted for that, but the what was the delivery charge? Just if you don't mind, it was like a hundred and fifty bucks, maybe something like that. Hundred fifty, hundred seventy five. I mean, it makes that might be a little higher, but I imagine in the moment and probably wanting to get it done quick, that seems about right priced, but. So, so did the, you have anywhere where you could have said that you have a small stairway or describe, you know, any potential issues that a delivery person may have? Because that's like the key. You mean like before they came? Correct. So no, because I didn't think that I'd have. So a see, that's to get feedback I'll give to that to you know their higher ups because that's something that everyone should have because so, you should be able to mention and talk about because you I mean you have to know that it's probably not easy. Especially when you moved in there. I'm well, sure it was, it wasn't but, easy uh, well, you know what? Everything else like kind of like broke apart. So it, I didn't have a problem so with anything, w- anything else. Would there have been an there. issue if they broke this apart? Were they worried about it? it? It wouldn't have been, but it wasn't built to break apart. It was. Awesome. It, you don't want to mess they would have like literally had to like take out the guts of the furniture. But they said they do that. They said they could break it apart in, in pieces and bring it up, or they could bring it around the back and bungee it. Did you get a warranty on the furniture? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Because I, because I'd be worried if I didn't have a warranty. Because now they're taking it apart. Yeah, yeah. And, and next and, thing and, you and know, you go sit on that. it and boom. It's exactly. Yeah. So that's why I didn't want to do that. So I opted for them to bring it over the back, and they did this. It was scary, man. Like, did they, you video they, this? I did. I'll show it to you. You when have we're to done. show it to me. But they literally put a bungee cord around it, and then they like, and then and then like, the, it's two guys too. By the way. Two guys, one guy is holding it, the other guy is bungeeing it, and he's pulling it, and they get it up there, and they get it onto like the um, like the rail, and then the the, the, the couch starts leaning over to the side, and the guy is like holding on to it, and I'm like, oh my god, this thing is about to fall and just break apart, and the guy was a, he was strong enough to do it. He eventually got it up. They got it, and they got it in. But my question was. Are they supposed to charge me more for that? Because they're supposed to deliver it. I don't. By I don't want to. You know, necessary. So I guess since your address isn't in this <laughs> discussion, I'm not really sure. But I would imagine if they had to do this crazy unorthodox method, I'd have to see your stairway too. But and, but here's the thing, though. Too, they were like, "Don't tell such and such. We're gonna do it, and then you just pay us." Because you probably would have paid such and such more money, from what I would gather. Maybe. Um, but they, that's not the way they said it. They were just like, "Did you tip them in addition to the one seventy? 
I, I no, because at that I, I, point I'm paying like almost four hundred dollars. Smart move, to, yeah. To 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 do the delivery now. Smart, smart move. You, you know what they I'm saying? They probably built. I mean, listen. Were you happy with the service overall? I, I was nervous, but that would mean I, now I'm happy. The couch okay. is in in the house, and so, I'm good. It's not broken. It's okay. But I was definitely 170 might have been a little. How, how much extra time did it take them? Because it's going to delay their uh, whole day. Were you later in the day? Were you earlier? In I the was day? early. I was like their first stop. It probably took it probably took them about another 30 minutes. So that probably set them back like an hour and a half. Probably. So probably. 170 is probably about right of what you should have paid. I don't know what you would have paid Ashley. I'd have to find out. Yeah. Um, but that that seems about right. So it's fair. I think it was fair. So okay, so the, I'm, I'm just curious. So, so, so that answer, round number of 170, the, the an, there's two guys. The like answer, that just seems the that, yeah. answer is that they are. It, it is ethical for them to add tech. I'm on not charges. gonna. I'm not no, gonna no, say no. it's ethical. <laughs> that, I'm not saying it's ethical. For me, in my mind, I'm like, I paid you to deliver. If you can deliver this thing, I paid you to deliver white glove, right? So you oh, have it was to put white, it, white glove. They're supposed to put it together oh, and everything. No, then that's not white ethical. glove. That's not ethical. That's so my thing is like I paid you to deliver. So regardless what obstacles you face to get this thing up, if it can be done, you should be doing it. I agree. And that's then, what. And I, that's at what that I point, say. You could have tipped them fifty dollars each. That would have been yeah. Like, like thank you, but yeah, let me make that decision. Correct. Don't tell me I don't have a choice in the matter. And basically, they were like, "Hey, we'll leave the couch right here on your lower level, and then um, you what can." Part, what part of Jersey are you saying you're in? This is uh, like Burlington area. All right, we gotta. We got You got to go over there and see what's going on, man. I see that. That's, you know that's they they up. they doing nasty work over there. That's, you that's, know, and I, and I mean, I paid them because I had no choice because well, basically they were like, listen, you know, it, we could either leave it right here. You could try to get it up yourself or, you know, or, or you could pay our guy to come or not, or pay us to come and we'll do it. We'll bungee it over. I was like, whatever. I just got to get it up. I have no time that to really. That should not happen. Yeah. I, I didn't think that should happen. I felt like I was being. But how many flights of stairs is it? Just to, just the second level. So oh. I have three levels. Okay. But this was just a second level they had to get it to. And that was it. Yeah, I don't think that should happen. But, yeah, I but mean, because again, I paid for the white glove delivery. They had to put it together and everything when they when they got up there. Well, that's what they're probably thinking now, man. With this bungee thing's not part of our SOP, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but but the thing is, but the thing is, is like they were prepared for the bungee thing. Oh, they right? were prepared because so, they yeah, had no, extra it, money, bro. It was in what the are you truck. gonna say? No, it was exactly. So what I'm saying is, in the truck and it was ready. Like they have to, like they do this often. So it's not like. It was out of the scope of what they do. It's just like they're just trying to make some extra money. Listen, customer Nick, customer Ramel, Brooklyn guys, it's part of the hustle. Yeah, they definitely uh, from, hustle. Put on my EVP hat. I don't really like that. And if I heard that, I would not be happy. Anytime somebody says, don't tell the management or don't tell the boss or whatever, don't tell somebody, you know somebody's trying to hustle. I would have just been like, sorry, I'm not going to accept the delivery. And then we just saw the whole change of a tone because the, the driver cannot you know that's a that's a ding on them no but here okay i forgot this part i did i did initially do that and i called ashley's ashley's took the call and they're this like their call center or whatever it's not the furniture store it's like whoever takes the calls for ashley's and they actually said that they they have somebody they could send out to um what was the additional cost gonna be uh, I think like maybe one seventy five or two hundred something, two twenty five. Oh, so, so that's so then it's not so, as unethical I, I, as no, you no. Think. I made, but the thing is, is at the end of the day, I'm paying for the delivery once. Why do I have to pay all this additional charges? Because you got that crazy stairway, man. No one told you to get that. Yeah, but <laughs> but but but, at the, but but they 
at the if you say that you can deliver it, you should know that there's going to be obstacles. To me, if it can be done, it should be done. Well, I I agree. With if you there's no that. way it could be done, that's different. But I, if it can be done, now you're saying I'm going to do it, but on the condition that you pay me more for a job that you already. I would have paid to look at your it. fine print, but I would think there's probably somewhere in there that states that if there's some sort of difficulty, that additional charges could apply. Gotcha. So it's probably really small. Is that what you guys do? Uh, we well, no, it's based on the customer, right? So, right. but we give them accessorials to say, hey, if it's like more than three flights up, or if there's a tight space, like there is protections in there for us because if that's going to take the more time that it takes, the less you could do, the less you know that's an impact on on the day for us. And that and considering that this industry is a slim margin industry. You know, you have to really manage that time properly. You have, gotcha. you know, the way you dispatch is important. How much time that, you know, they spend at a site, uh, especially if it's non-white glove. Like in this case, they're they're taking it out, putting it together for you, right? And doing yeah. all that, you know, usually there's a little more time involvement in that. If they were just supposed to bring it up and that was the case, then you definitely should get charged. But if that's like a white glove delivery oh, yeah, yeah, and you glove, paid sure. more. I did. You know, then, and then you paid more. Yeah. Uh, paid you know, more and then more and then, and then more, more again. Yeah. A lot of more. And they were probably still pissed that you didn't tip them like an extra Yeah, like, this guy, this, this guy. You didn't even tip Come us. on, you can't get me your lunch, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, that's nah, how they act. But that's, that's just part of it. Yeah. It's, it's part of the game. Tough. But I, I definitely will... Uh, have a discussion and let them. Yeah, let them. I mean, come into the Burlington area, man. We need, we need you guys. I, I was well, we, we operated down there at one point, but we, oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll be down there again. Why at one point? Oh, just one of our clients. We. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. You yeah, just don't just do moved it. Out of there. It's just moved out not of there. as profitable. Got you. Less dense. That's true. It's yeah, very, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everything is very yeah. rural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You want to be in tight, congested Density. areas where you could do a bunch of deliveries in the small space. That's where the profit is. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, man. Is there anything that you didn't share with me that you'd like to get off your chest? No, nah, I think we had we had a good talk. You know, it's fun. I mean, you know, we're not a hundred million, but you know. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. Ninety eight, ninety nine. He wants to go That's on record. That's our service performance. He's gonna go on record as saying it's not quite a hundred, but we're getting there. Well at least you could shoot for the stars, right? We we always shoot for at the least, stars. At least at least you'll catch the the clouds or the sky or whatever they, they say that is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Um give us a final thought, man. Before we get out of here, we gotta give a, a, a final thought thought to our listeners something to get them motivated uh, about business uh you know just anything spiritual wherever you want to go sure. and let people know where to connect with you so you, so honestly like i said um if you're going to do anything be obsessive about it there's no reason to do something half-assed or just be doing it because it's you know what you need to do i think if you're you're in a situation where you know maybe you can't do what you love currently uh you should be spending at least 10 hours on on that to build and then eventually you can gravitate towards that as you you know build momentum but you should not be complacent we only get one life we only get you know one shot at this uh to not pursue you know what you love and do what you love is is just a sin no matter what religion you practice Mm. um you know you're you have to you know in positive speak right uh everybody's so naturally humans are just hard on themselves and they they grade themselves. They're so worried about what other people think. Oh, I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't go out here because I don't look. No one cares, man. You could be walking around. I, shoot. So, one of my friends wearing, you know, uh, some crazy pants. I don't know. I don't notice. What do, what do I care? You know, like I'm too busy doing my own thing. Like everybody's busy doing their own thing. Stop That's worrying right. about it. Just get started. Don't worry about what people think. I think when you can shed 
I think the different the transformation in a person, whether it's man or woman, and where they can really be their true self and their true potential is when they stop worrying about what other people think. Mm. And that actually happened for me a lot later in life than I would have liked it to. Yeah. But I think it's the reason that I'm able to, you know, that's the to, first to step. be better. Yeah. That's the first step. Yeah. You know, look, I'll actually give you an example. You, you follow baseball, right? No. You don't follow baseball? Okay. So Alex Rodriguez, I'm sure you know I do know A-Rod. So the, he struggled, even though he was one of the greatest players ever, he, his struggle was that he was always so worried about what other people thought. And he actually came out and openly talked about this. And when he truly ascended, he stunk in the playoffs for the most part, most of his career. But in 2009, if you go look at his stats, one of the best postseason performances there was. And how did it happen? Well, I think it's because he just stopped worrying about what people thought. He had the steroid problem and all this other stuff. He just, so much shame, he got humbled and he just mm. performed, right? Peyton Manning had the same problem. Right. Um, just stop worrying about what people think, get started. It's it's a it's a shame. You're only you know you're really not only letting yourself down, but you're letting others around you when you don't reach your full potential. So yeah. just get started. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Um, all right, where can people uh, connect with you, Nick? They can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, on LinkedIn, you know, Nick. I think I have it as Nick Curatalo. I don't know. That Do you have another it, name yeah. that we don't know about? Uh, no, just <laughs> like, Nick Nicholas. I think I have it. You know, as everybody Nick always asks me. Yeah, well, because I, I recently changed it, I believe. Um, I had it as Nicholas, but I feel like most people oh, know me as Nick, so okay. I changed it. Nick Nicholas. Um, yeah, but either way, if you Google it, it'll come up. It's like the second or third thing organically. Okay. Um, you know, I'm on. He's popping. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at, at Nicky Trips. Nikki That's my trips. poker name. Yeah, okay. I used to oh, you play, play poker? I used to play professional Are you poker. any good? I was pretty good, yeah. I've, been okay. the world, I've won my way into World Series a few times. Nice. Yeah, so nice. I, haven't, I haven't cashed, you know, significantly in it yet, but yeah. we'll get there soon. A little soon. something, something. Yeah, okay. next year or two, we'll, we'll get back into it. I took a little bit of a hiatus. There you go. So got to concentrate on, on building a business. You know? Got it, got it, got it. I love it, I love it. Nikki Trips, yep. a.k.a. Nick Curatalo. Curatalo. Curatalo, yep. Man, I got it twice. I'm doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. All right, perfect. Hustle fam, this has been another amazing episode. If you want to learn more about the Last Mile big and bulky space, you definitely want to tap in with Area. These guys are doing amazing things out here in Jersey. Um, Nick, man, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it, sir. Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Myself, Nick, we are out. Later. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go!